He is risen, alleluia, alleluia. The resurrection, the greatest April Fool's joke that never was. And thanks be to God. Because such astonishing event takes a great act of faith. It takes a leap of the heart to say, he is risen, alleluia, alleluia. But you know, we too may be asking ourselves this question. Just like the women in the gospel, how can it be? How can it be that Christ is risen? You know, the people of God after the fall of Adam and Eve were in the dark. Yet they were only lit by the word of God that was spoken to them. You see, all humanity waited like the women in the gospel for the light of a new day to shine upon them. They waited for something more. It's precisely when the Savior is born that the true light of the world enters into the world. However, even at that moment, he was born in the darkness of the night because more was to come. More was anticipated, more was expected, and there was much more to his plan. Let's recall that first chapter from the book of Genesis. We hear the marvelous account of the creation of the whole cosmos, the great wonder of God to create the world out of nothing. And that nothingness is portrayed as something that was formless and void. But it's precisely in the nothingness, in the beginning, when God spoke the words, let there be light. And there was light. And he separated the light from the darkness, and thus the first day of the week. But you see, the first day of creation is itself anticipating something greater than itself. It was pointing forwards to something greater. Mark in our gospel, just read for us moments ago, is very, very intentional on making sure you and I know when exactly it was that the woman arrived at the tomb. He says, very early when the sun had risen, on the first day of the week, they came to the tomb. Jesus Christ, through whom all things were made, that is, through whom all things were created, now pierces and permeates the light of new life into the world by the light of the resurrection. And he does so on the first day of the week. You see, by his resurrection, he speaks again, and he says, let there be light. Through his resurrection, he ushers in, you could say, the new creation this new creation that finds total fulfillment in him. You see, because of sin, this world was full of formlessness and it was void. But that is no longer the case because our Lord now says, let there be light. The glory of the Father manifested in the person of Christ Jesus. And he says, let there be light in the darkness of anxiety the darkness of worry, the darkness of suffering, and yes, even the darkness of death. Let there be light. But there's more to the drama of salvation. Let's recall that surreal story that accounts when the Israelite people are enslaved to the people of Egypt. They're enslaved to Pharaoh. 
And you see, the people received their mediator. His name is Moses. And Moses, receiving it from God, instructs the people to perform the Passover meal, taking the blood of the lamb and putting it on the doorposts of their homes. And after the Passover, the Israelites are given that free passage, the freedom to worship God now, freedom from their slavery. Yet as they embark on their journey, they're chased by the Egyptians. They're chased by Pharaoh. But by the marvelous act of God, through the mediation of this Moses, the Red Sea opens up with two walls on each side, and they pass dryshod, becoming free people on the other side. You see, this too, my friends in Christ, points forward to something greater than itself. Because on that holy Thursday night, there was a new Moses on the scene. And he gathered all of his 12 disciples to celebrate the Passover. But you see, this Passover would be different than all the centuries before. Because this mediator of a new covenant, this mediator of the new creation, does something different. The lamb is not eaten, but rather he takes bread and he says, this is my body. Then he takes the chalice of blood and says, this, the chalice of wine says, this is my blood, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. This new Moses, he is the lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And from that moment on, 2,000 years later, we have been doing that in memory of Him. Moreover, until that greatest act of love that history has ever seen, that is when Christ laid down His life on the cross, all humanity had been enslaved to sin. All humanity had been enslaved to the other Pharaoh, that is, the devil, the prince of lies, holding all humanity captive, tangling above their heads the reality that they could do nothing about it, and having the stronghold of death hovering over them. But then Christ enters the scene, and Christ enters the darkness of death so as to free his people. You see, Christ passes through the Red Sea of death, you could say, and rises on the other side, free at last. The resurrection is nothing other than the new exodus. The resurrection is nothing other than the great exodus from slavery to our sin. So now, you and I, those incorporated into Christ by our very baptism, who we too experience our own resurrection. And we too pass through the Red Sea, the Red Sea of our baptism. My brothers and sisters, we celebrate this day because as baptized people, we now share in the glory of the risen Lord. But you see, we too may be asking ourselves, how can it be? I mean, how can Christ truly be risen? How can this be since we still see violence in our world? How can Christ be risen when there's still hatred amongst brothers? There's murder 
amongst neighbors? How can he be risen when there's so many evils in our world? But I propose our question should be something different. We should rather ask, what is the answer to this world? What is the answer to a world that is so formless? What is the answer to a world that has no guidance, no direction? What is the answer to a world that's full of void? Or better yet, what is the answer to our lives when we think that they have no meaning? The answer, Christ is risen, and he is risen indeed. Our brothers and sisters, this is no cruel April Fool's joke, but a moment in time that has been planned for all eternity. For we can see from the beginning of time this was foreshadowed, that someone else would come, and that the darkness of death would be overcome by the light of life. It was directed, it was guided for centuries upon centuries, and nor is it some fairy tale like Peter Cottontail, but rather a true historical reality that changes our life. He is risen. And it's a truth, my brothers and sisters, that brings light to the darkness. It brings guidance and directions to our formlessnesses. It brings meaning to our void. The passion, death, and resurrection of Jesus, my brothers and sisters, is the answer to all of our questions. In just a few moments, we're going to renew our baptismal promises. And we do so every Easter to say that we as baptized people, we have found the answer. We know the answer to life's questions, even the difficult ones that it poses to us. The answer, Christ crucified and Christ risen. We must allow whatever questions we have about life whatever struggles we are enduring, whatever meaning we feel we don't have to be raised with Jesus today. But for it to be raised with him, we have to give it to him. We have to let him take it with him to the Father. But you see, this day is not just about us as Christians, because we too are given the words spoken by the angel that says to us, he is, he is going before you. He's going before you to Galilee. There you will see him as he told you. And so, what is your Galilee? Where is Christ sending you? Because wherever that place is, do not be afraid because he goes before you. And you must find him. And you must make his presence known. As baptized people, Christ entrusts to you and to me the perpetuation of his mission. He says, I want you. I want you. I want you. I want you to tell people where I am. I want you to show my presence to the world. I want you to go to your own Galilees and make me present because I go before you. 
this mission is entrusted to us. You see, you and I become a character in the story of salvation. You and I become part of the drama of salvation. Are we playing our roles or are we sitting on the sidelines? Because we have to go out and proclaim He is risen, He is risen indeed. World, He has brought light into our darkness. World, He has brought light into my darkness. Let me tell you about it. He is the answer to your questions. No matter how big, no matter how small, we have our own Galilees that Christ is sending us to. And no matter how insignificant you think that place is, is the world to Jesus. You are needed. You are commanded to go in search of him and to make him known. But let me tell you, my brothers and sisters, the world will likely call you foolish for doing this. The first 12 apostles, they were called fools. All throughout history, the people who claimed him risen, they were called fools. And even today, people are called fools for proclaiming Christ is risen. They say, you're so foolish for claiming a man to be crucified, for him to rise again. You have no proof. And we say, yes, we do. We have witnesses who have seen it, who have proclaimed it to us, and we too proclaim what they have seen. So today, in our hearts, we thank the Almighty God that the resurrection was the greatest April Fool's joke that never was. We thank God with great joy that Christ is risen. And we cling, we cling to the great mystery that life has conquered death. And my brothers and sisters, if that means that the world calls us fools, how great it is to be a fool for Christ.